Peace to you all in Christ Jesus. Amen. Our sermon this morning was written by Drew Nauman. Our sermon text is Luke 14, verses 16 to 24. Then he said to him, A certain man gave a great supper and invited many, and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, Come, for all things are now ready. But they all with one accord began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I go to test them. I ask to have me excused. Still another said, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. So that servant came out and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house, being angry, said to his servant, Go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you have commanded, and there still is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. In the name of Jesus, who, was fi- who has filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he has sent away empty, dear fellow redeemed. There once was a young man who had run away from home at the age of 14, after a huge blow-up argument with his parents. He had fallen in with some friends he had known from school, who had also since dropped out. So he also dropped out of school and took up with them, stealing vandalizing and abusing every addictive substance under the sun, sleeping behind hedges and under bridges. He had even gone so far as to cut out the catalytic converter of his parents' minivan to help fund his prodigal lifestyle. Then, years later, as he was walking down the street on a cold November afternoon, he caught sight of his reflection in a store window. His cheekbones seemed to protrude from his gaunt face, that they might burst free at any moment. His arms bore the bruises and scars of many nights spent with a rubber hose and an old syringe. The scraps of leather that clung to his aching feet could only be called shoes in the loosest sense of the word. His so-called friends had all been arrested, abandoned him, or died. And as his stomach angrily gurgled at him from three days of neglect, he determined that he would try to go home. After all, what's the worst that could happen? If they kicked him out, he would be no worse off than he was now. Two hours later, as the sun was setting, he stumbled up the steps of the house. He could smell his mother's signature dish, chicken pot pie, wafting through the chill autumn air. He knocked twice on the door, which his father opened immediately. The two looked at each other for a brief moment before the father stepped aside to the side of the entry, allowing the young man to see his family gathered around the table. And on the far side of the long oak table, bearing a feast that set his taste buds into a salivating fury, there was the seat he had spent so many childhood evenings occupying. Resting in front of that seat was a water glass, silverware, 
and a large dinner plate, waiting to have a hot, delicious meal heaped upon it. And it became immediately clear to him, standing on the threshold of his old home, that he still had a seat at the table. My dear friends, dirty and disheveled though you are, racked with sin and stained with the guilt, the Father still invites you into his heavenly banquet feast as well. There is a place set for you to come and be filled with mercy, forgiveness, and the promise of life everlasting. You have a seat at the table. The guests are few, the feast is great, and the door is open. We pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Our Lord Jesus preaches the parable we are considering today, fittingly, to people gathered around a table for a meal. In all likelihood, the table was full, as many followed Jesus during his ministry for the purpose of being healed by him or to witness one of his amazing miracles. Unfortunately, it seemed like there were few that truly understood the reason he had descended from heaven and walked on the earth. He was sent by his father to deliver a universal invitation. And so he preached this parable. A certain man having a great supper and invited many and sent his servant at supper time to say to those who were invited, come for all things are now ready. And you would think that people would jump at the chance to take part in this bountiful, glorious feast. Rather, the opposite occurs. But they all with one accord made excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of ground and I must go see it. I ask you to have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen and I am going to test them. I ask you to have me excused. And still another, I have, a married, I have married a wife and therefore I cannot come. Once, when I was in college, a local sandwich shop had a customer appreciation day for, a few out, for where a few hours they were gonna give away a free sandwich to everyone who came in. When I heard about this, I did what any other poor college student would do with the prospect of eating something other than ramen for free. I planned my whole day around it. Half an hour before the promotion was set to begin, I drove past and saw that the line to the store extended all the way around the block. Rich and poor, young and old, everyone wanted a free sandwich. But when this certain man from the parable was offered a banquet, no one could be bothered. Why was that? The man putting on the banquet in this parable is the Lord, who sends out his invitations only to be snubbed with mankind's excuses. The banquet he offers is free. As the Lord said through the prophet Isaiah in chapter 55, everyone who thirsts, come to the waters. And you who have no money, come, buy, and eat. Yes, Come buy wine and milk without money and without price. Why do you spend money for what is not bread and your wages for what does not satisfy? 
Listen carefully to me and eat what is good and let your soul delight itself in abundance. And in response, the sinner is, no, thank you. I'd rather earn my grace and forgiveness with works. But grace, which is earned, is not grace, nor can grace be earned, as described in Ephesians 2. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. The invitation to the banquet is urgent. Again, the Lord says in Isaiah 55, Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he is near. And the sinner replies, No, thank you. I've got too much to do right now. I'll find religion when I'm older. But he or she doesn't realize that the time they imagine they have may soon be gone. As Jesus says in Matthew 24, verse 36, concerning the time when we will be called to give account. But of that day and of that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my Father only. Sinful mankind will plan its day around a free sandwich, but couldn't be bothered with the free gift of eternal life in Jesus Christ. Still, God calls you and to everyone, come, and be filled. There is still room. You have a seat at the table laid out and ready. Yet the sinful flesh turns away that invitation and seeks after worldly gratification, spending time, effort, and money on things that do not satisfy. And so the guests to the feast are few. Matthew 22 says, many are called, but few are chosen. But for those who do not reject the invitation, those who are described in Ephesians 1 verse 4 as those who he chose in him before the foundation of the world, the feast is great indeed. A good, hearty meal satisfies for a few hours, but the feast that God has laid out before us satisfies for life on earth and for the life to come. In John 6, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats this bread, he will live forever. This bread of life we have from the Son of God who gave his life as a ransom for the emaciated and starving sinners just like you and me. Jesus, full of life and righteousness, emptied himself on the cross so that we are now filled with life and righteousness. If your cupboards are bare and your pantry is empty, there is still a place for you at the table of God where you are fed with his very word, which satisfies the soul. We have been trying so long to find joy and fulfillment in the things of life that offer only empty calories The gospel of Jesus Christ is ready to be consumed once more to fill us with spiritually nutrient-rich words of life and peace. If you don't think or shouldn't have a seat at this table because of your disobedience and transgressions, you are just the one who the Lord had in mind when he commanded his servant, 
go out quickly into the streets and the lanes of the city and bring in here the poor and the maimed and the lame and the blind. No one is excluded from his generous invitation. Not you, not me, not anyone else. The call has gone out. Come and eat and live. And there still is room. Verse 22 to 24 of our text. And the servant said, Master, it is done as you commanded, and there still is room. Then the master said to the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in, that my house may be filled. For I say to you that none of those men who are invited shall taste my supper. Those who have rejected the gift of grace have excluded themselves from the heavenly feast by their unbelief and indifference. But since we can't see into the hearts and we can't know who that is, there's not a single person that we shouldn't be inviting to join us in this bountiful meal of mercy. The door is open. Now is the time of grace. Jesus, the master of the feast, implores us in John 9, work while it is day, for the night comes when no one can work. Every person that you know has an invitation addressed to them which says, Jesus has paid for your meal. Come and eat. The door is open, and you have a seat at the table. You're carrying invitations wherever you go, almost like a postman. God has given you a bundle of them just waiting to be opened, heard, and believed. How long will you wait to deliver them? How long will you withhold the feast from those who are starving for a morsel? Stop waiting and start delivering. If they offer excuses or are indifferent or even offended by the invitation, that's between them and God. Nonetheless, you have what they, every man, woman, and child, desperately need. There is no time like the present. As he lay dying, Martin Luther remarked, We are all beggars. This is true. Having previously pointed out that we are all mere beggars, showing other beggars where to find bread. By the grace of God and the work of the Holy Spirit, you have been led to the bread of life. And by God's grace, may the Spirit use us for this blessed work. And may many more be led to Jesus, who said, I am the door, to find the eternal sustenance won for them on Calvary. Just like the young man we spoke of earlier, Mankind has been cold and empty since the fall into sin. All the harm we suffer is self-inflicted on account of sin, and we have no reason that anyone should show us any kindness, least of all God. But also, like the young man, we are invited out of the cold to know the warmth of our Father's love. He bids us to eat our fill at his table and demands nothing in return. No matter what you have done, you have a seat at the table. The guests are few at this heavenly feast because the excuses abound. 
Yet we have heard and know for ourselves that the feast is great, and that it gives eternal life for all who partake. And the door is open for any and all who come with empty hands and empty stomachs to be filled with his grace. For he who is faithful has promised, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. In Jesus' saving name, amen.